जीरो टू वन चैप्टर सिक्स यू आर नॉट अ लॉटरी टिकट द मोस्ट कॉन्टीन्यूस क्वेश्चन इन बिजनेस इज वेदर सक्सेस कम्स फ्रॉम लक और स्किल वाट डू सक्सेसफुल पीपल से मेलकॉम ग्लैडवेयर ए सक्सेसफुल ऑथर हु राइट अबाउट सक्सेसफुल पीपल डिक्लेयर्स इन आउटलायर्स दैट सक्सेस रिजल्ट फ्रॉम अ पैच वर्क ऑफ लकी ब्रेक्स एंड आर्बिट्री एडवांटेजेस वॉरन बफेट्स फेमसली कंसिडर्स himself lucky breaks and arbitrary advantages member of lucky sperm club and winner of the ovarian lottery jeff bezos attributes amazon's success to an incredible planetary alignment and jokes that it was half luck half good timing and the rest brains bill gates even goes so far as to claim that he was lucky to be born with certain skills though it's not clear whether that's actually possible perhaps these guys are being strategically humble however the phenomenon of serial entrepreneurship would seems to call into questions our tendency to explain success as the product of chance hundreds of people have started multiple million uh, dollar businesses a few like steve jobs jack dorsey and elon musk have created several multi billion dollar companies if success were mostly a matter of luck these kinds of serial entrepreneurs probably would not exist in january 2013 jack dorsey founder of twitter and square tweeted Uh, to his 2 million dollar a uh, million followers success is never accidental most of the replies were uh, unambiguously uh, negative referring referencing the tweets in the atlantic reporter alexis madrigal wrote that his instinct was to reply success is never accidental said all the multimillionaire white man it's true that already successful people have an easier time doing new things whether due to their uh, networks wealth or experience but perhaps we have become too quick to dismiss anyone who claims to have succeeded according to plan is there a way to settle this debate objectively unfortunately not because companies are not experiments to get a scientific answer about facebook or for example uh, we would have uh, to rewind uh, to 2004 create 1000 copies of the world and a start is impossible every company start in unique circumstances and every company starts only once statics does not work when the sample size is one from the renaissance and enlightenment to mid 20th century luck was something to be mastered dominated and controlled everyone agreed that uh, you should do what you could not focus on what you could not ralph waldo emerson uh, captured this ethos when when he wrote 
shallow man believes in the luck and believe in circumstances the strong man believes in cause and effect in 1912 after become the first explorer to reach the south pole ronald uh, emerson wrote with three awaits him who had everything in order luck people call it uh, no one uh, pretended that uh, misfortune didn't exist but prior generation believed in ma- making their own luck by working hard if you believe in your life is mainly a matter of chance why read this book learning about startups is worthless if you are just reading stories about people who won the lottery slot machines for dummies can uh, purport to tell you which kind of uh, rabbits food to rub or how to tell which machines are hot but it can't tell you how to win did bill gates simply win the intelligence lottery was cheryl sangborg born with the silver spoon or did she learn it when we debate historical questions like this uh, luck is in the past tense for more important are questions about the future is it matter for chance or design can you control your future you can expect the future to take a definite form or you can treat it as uh, hazily uncertain if you treat the future as something definite it makes sense to understand it in advance and to work to shape it but if you expect in indefinite future ruled by randomness you will give up on trying to master it indefinite attitude to future explains what's most uh, dysfunctional in our world today process trumps substances when people lack concrete plans to carry out they use formal rules to assemble a portfolio of warrior's options and this describes americans today in middle schools we are encouraged to uh, start holding extra curriculum activities in high schools mps students compete even harder to appear omnicompetent by the time of a student gets to college uh, he is spent decades of curating a, a bewilderingly diverse resume to prepare for a completely uh, unknowable futures come what may he is ready and for nothing in particular a definite views by contrast fi- favor form con- convictions instead of pursuing many sided medicry and calling it well roundness a definite person determines the one of the best thing to do and then does it instead of working tirelessly to make herself a indistinct well uh, she strives to be great at something substantive to be a monopoly of one this is not what young people to do because everyone around them has long since lost faith in the in a definite world no one 
gets into a stand for by excelling at just one thing unless that thing happens to involve throwing or catching a leather ball you can also expect the future to be either better or worse than the present optimists welcome the future's pessimist fear it combining these possibility yields four views indefinite pessimism every culture has a myth of decline from some golden age and almost all peoples throughout history have been pessimists even today pessimism still dominates huge parts of the world and uh, an indefinite pessimist looks out into the blank future but he has no idea what to do about it this describes europe since uh, the early 1970s when the continent succumbed and undirected bureaucratic drifts today the whole eurozone is in the slow motion crisis and nobody is in in charge the european central bank does not stand for anything but uh, improvision the the us treasury prints the in god we trust on the dollar the ecb might as well print kick the can down the road on the euro european just react to events as they happen and hope things don't get worse the indefinite premises can't know whether the inevitable decline will be fast or slow catastrophic or gradual all he can do is wait for it to happen so he might as well eat drink and we carry merry to meantime hence european famous vaccination definite pessimism a definite pessimist believes the future can be known but since it will be bleak he must prepare for it perhaps surprisingly china is probably the most definitely pessimistic place in the world today when americans see the chinese economy grow perilously uh, fast 10% for years since 2000 uh, we imagine the confident country mastering its future but that's because americans are still optimists and we project our optimism into china from china's viewpoint economic growth cannot come fast enough every other country is afraid that china is going to take over the world and china is only country afraid that it won't china can grow so fast only because its starting base is so low the easiest way for china to grow is to uh, retain closely copy what has already worked in the west and that's exactly what it's doing executing definite plans by burning ever more coal to build ever more factories and skyscrapers but with the huge population pushing resources prices higher there is no way to chinese living standard can ever actually catch up to uh, those 
of the richest countries and the Chinese knew it. This is why the Chinese leadership is obsessed with the way in which things threaten to get worse and every senior Chinese leader experienced famine as a child. So, when the Politburo looks to futures, disaster is not the abstraction. The Chinese public too knows that winter is coming. Outsiders are fascinated by the great fortunes being made inside China. But they pay less attention to the wealthy Chinese trying hard to get their money out of the country. Poorer Chinese just save everything they can and hope it will be enough. Every class of people in China takes the future deadly seriously. Definite Optimism To a definite optimist, the future will be better than present he plans and uh, works to make it better. From 7th century through the 1950s and 60s, definite optimism led the Western world. Scientists, engineers, doctors, and businessmen made the world richer, healthier, and more long-lived than previously imaginable. As Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels saw clearly, the 19th century business class created more massive and more colossal productive forces than all the preceding generation together, subjection of nature force to man. Machinery, application and chemistry to industry and agriculture, steam navigation, railways, electric telegraphs, clearing uh, the whole continents for cultivation, canalization of rivers, whole population consumed out of the ground. What earlier century has even a pretenses uh, that such productive forces slumped in the lap of the social labor? Each generation's invest, uh, inventors and visionaries surprised their pre, uh, predecessor in uh, 1843. The London public was invited to make its first crossing underneath the river Thames by the newly dug tunnel. In 1869, the Suez Canal saved Eurasian shipping traffic from rounding the Cape of the Good Hope. In 1914, the Panama Canal cut shorts the route from Atlantic to Pacific. Even the Great Depression failed to impede the relentless progress in the United States, which has always been home to the world's most far-seeing definite optimists. The Empire State Building was started in 1929 the finished in 1931. The Golden Gate Bridge was started in 1933 and completed in the 1937. The Manhattan Project was started in 1941 and had already produced the world in the peacetime. The interest highway stream begins construction in uh, 1956 
and the first 2000 miles of the road were open for driving by 1965 definite planning even went beyond the surface of this planet nasa's apollo program begins in 1961 and put 12 men on the moon before it finished in 1972 bold plans were not reserved just for political leaders or government scientists in the late 1940s a californian named john river set out to reinvent the physical geography of the whole san francisco bay area and river was a school, a school teacher an amateur teacher producer and self-taught engineer undoubted by his lack of credentials he publicly proposed to build two huge dams in the bay construct massive freshwater lakes in uh, for drinking water or and irrigation and reclaim 20000 acre of land for development even though he had no personal authority people took the river plan seriously it was endorsed by newspaper editorial board cross california the us congress held hearing on its feasibility the army corps of the engineers even constructed a uh, 1.5 acre scale model of the bay in the uh, canvas salinito warehouse to sim- simulate it these tests revealed technical shortcomings to uh, so the plan was not executed but would anybody uh, today take such a vision seriously in the first place in the 1950s people welcomed big plans and asked whether they work today a grand plan coming from a school teacher would be uh, dismissed as cranky and long range vision coming from anyone for uh, more powerful would be derided as uh, hubris you co- can still visit the bay model in that saucy little warehouse but today it's just a tourist attraction big plans for the future have become archaeotic curiosities indefinite optimism after a brief pessimistic phase in the 1970s indifferent optimism has dominated american thinking ever since 1982 when a long bull market begins and finance uh, eclipsed engineering as as the way to approach the future to an indefinite optimist the future will be better but he does not know how exactly so he won't make any specific plans he expects to profit from the future but sees no reason to design it uh, concretely instead of working for years to build a new product indefinite optimists rearrange already invented ones and bankers make money by rearranging the capital structure of already existing companies lawyer resolve disputes over old things uh, or help other people structure 
their affairs and private equity investors and management consultant don't start new businesses they squeeze extra efficiency from old one with the incense uh, procedural optimization it's no surprise that these fields are all attract uh, disappropriate numbers of high achievings every league optimi- uh, optionally cheers what could be a more appropriate reward for two decades of resume building than a seemingly elite process oriented career that premises to keep options open recent graduates uh, parents often cheers them on the established path the strange history of the baby boom uh, produced a generation of indefinite optimists so used to effortless progress that they feel entitled to it whether you were born in 1945 or 1950 or 1955 things got better every years for for the first 18 years of your life and it had nothing to do with you technological advance seems to accelerate automatically so the Boomers grew up with great expectations but few specific plans for how to fulfill them then when technological progress stalled in the 1970s increasing income inequality uh, come to rescue of the most elite boomers every year of the adulthood continued to get automatically better and better for the rich and successful the rest of their generation was left behind but wealthy boomers who shape public opinion today see little reason to question their native optimism since trackers career worked for them they can't imagine that they won't work for their kids too Malcolm Gladwell says you can't understand Bill Gates success without understanding his fortunate personal context. He grew up in the good family, went to a private school equipped with a computer lab, and counted Paul Allen as a childhood friend. But perhaps you can't understand Mac uh, Malcolm Gladwell without understanding his historical context as boomer born in 1963 when baby boomers grew up and write book to uh, explain why one or another individual is successful they point to the power of particular individual context as determined by chance but they missed the even bigger social context for uh, their own preferred explanation a whole generation learned from childhood to overrate the power of chance and underrate the importance of planning gladwell at persons uh, appears to be making the constrainian critique of the myth of the self made businessman but actually his own account uh, inclaps the conventional views of generation
our indefinitely optimistic world indefinite finance while a indefinitely optimistic future would need engineers to design underwater cities and settlement in space and indefinitely optimistic future calls for more bankers and lawyers finance epitomizes uh, indefinite thinking because it's the only way to make money when you have no idea how to create wealth if they don't go to law school bright college graduates head to wall street precisely because they have no real plan for their careers and once they arrive at goldman they find that even inside finance everything is indefinite it's still optimistic you would not play in the markets if you expected to lose but the fundamental tenet is that the market is random you can't know anything specific and substantive diversification becomes uh, superingly important the indefiniteness of finance can be bizarre think about what happens when successful entrepreneurs sell their company what do they do with the money in a uh, financialized world it unfolds like the founders don't know what to do with it so they give it to a large bank the bankers don't know what to do with it so they diversify by spreading it across a portfolio of institutional investors institutional investors don't know what to do with their managed capital so they diversify by amassing the portfolio of a sockers companies try to increase their share price by generating free cash flow if they do they issue di- uh, dividends or buy back shares and uh, the cycle repeats at no point does anyone in the chain know what to do with the money in the real economy but in an indefinite world people actually prefer unlimited opportunity money is more valuable than anything you could do it with it only in a definite future is money a means to an end not the end itself indefinite politics politicians have uh, always been officially accountable to the public at election time but today they are attuned to what the public think at every moment modern uh, polling enables politicians to tailor their image to match pre-existing public opinion exactly so far uh, the most part they do net silver election predictions are remarkably accurate but even more remarkable is how big a story they become every four years we are more fascinated today by a statistical predictions of what the economy will be thinking in the few weeks time then by visionary predictions of what the country will look like 10 or 20 years from now 
and it's not just the electoral process the very character of government have become indefinite too the governmental uh, used to be able to coordinate complex solution to problems like atomic weaponry and lunar exploration but today after 40 years of indefinite creep the government mainly just provide insurance of our solution to big problems are medicare social security and dizzying array of other transfer payment programs it's no surprise that enlightenment uh, spending has eclipsed the discretionary spending every year since 1975 to increase discriminatory spending we would need definite plans to solve specific problems but according to definite logic of enlightenment spending we can make things better just by sending out more checks indefinite philosophy you can see the shift to an indefinite attitude not just in politics but in the political philosophers whose idea underpin both left and right the philosophy of the ancient world was pessimist plato aristotle epicurus and lucretius all accepted a strict limits on human potential the only question was how best to cope up with our tragic fate modern philosophers have been mostly optimistic from herbert spencer on the right and hugel in the center to marx on on the left the 19th century shared a belief in progress remember marx and engels in common to technical trims and capitalism from the this page these thinkers expected material advance to fundamentally change human life for for the better and they were definite optimists in the late 20th century indefinite philosophies came to force and the two dominant political thinker john rawls and robert nozick are usually seen as stark opposites on the egalitarian left rawls was concerned with questions of fairness and distribution on the librarian rights nozick focused on maximizing individuals freedom they both believed that people could get along with each other peacefully so unlike the ancients they were optimistic but unlike a spencer or marx rawls and the nozick were indefinite optimists they didn't have any specific vision of the future their uh, indefiniteness took different forms rawls begins a theory of justice with the famous well ignorance fair political reasoning is supposed to be impossible for anyone with the knowledge of world as it concretely exists instead of trying to change our actual world of unique people and real technologies rawls finished fascinated about the inherently stable society with lots of fairness but little dynamism nozick upholds rawls pattern 
concept of justice to nauseate any voluntary exchange must be allowed and no social pattern could be noel enough to justify maintenance by concerns he didn't have any more uh, concrete ideas about the good society than rawls both of them focused on process today we exaggerate the differences between left liberal uh, egalitarianism and liberalism individualism uh, because almost everyone shares their common indefinite attitude in philosophy politics and business too arguing over process has become a way to endlessly defer making concrete plan for a better future indefinite life our ancestor sought to understand and extend the human life span in the 16th century Con- uh, conquistadors searched and jungles of florida for a fountain of youth francis bacon wrote that he prolongation of life should be considered its own breath of medicine the novelist and in the 1966 robert boyle's placed life's extension along with recovery of youth atop of his famous wish list for the future of science whether through geographic exploration or laboratory research the best minds of originates thought that death as something to defeat some resistors were killed in action bacon caused phenomena of death in 1926 while experimenting to see he could extend chicken life by freezing it in the in the snow we haven't yet uncovered the secret of life but insurers and statisticians in the 19th century successfully revealed a secret about death that still governs our thinking today they discovered how to reduce it to mathematical probability life tables tell us our chances of dying in any given years something precious generation didn't know however in exchange for better insurance contracts we seem to have given up the the search for secret about a longevity systematic knowledge of current range of human life span has made that range seem natural today our society is permeated by twin ideas that death is both inevitable and random meanwhile uh, probabilistic attitudes have come to shape the agenda of biology itself in 1928 a scottish scientist alexander fleming found that uh, a mysterious antibacterial fungus had grown on the petri dish he would forgotten to cover in his laboratory he discovered penicillin by accident and scientists have sought to 
harnessed the power of chance ever since. Modern drugs discovery aims to amplify Fleming's seriousness and circumstances of million folds. Pharmaceutical companies searches uh, through combination of molecular compounds at random, hoping to find a hit. But it's not working as well as it used to, despite dramatic advantage over the past two countries. In recent decades, biotechnology has not met the expectation of investors or patients. Jerome's laws, uh, that's Moore's laws backward, observes that the number of new drugs approved per billion dollar spent on R&D has halved every nine years since 1950s. Since information technology accelerated faster than ever during those same years, the big question for biotech today is whether it will ever see similar progress compare biotech startup to their uh, counterpart in the computer software. Biotech startups are an extreme example of indefinite thinking and researchers experiment with things that just might work instead of uh, refining definite theories about how the body's system operates and biologists say they need to work on this way because the underlying biology is hard and according to them IT startup work because we created computers ourselves and designed them to reliably obey our commands. Biotech is difficult because we did not design our bodies and the more we learn about them, the more complex they turn out to be. But today it's possible to wonder whether the genuine difficulty of biology has become an excuse for biotech startup and indefinite approach to business in general. Most of the people involved expect some things to work eventually, but few wants to commit to a specific company with the level of intensity necessary for success. It starts with the professor who often become part-time consultants instead of full-time employees even for the biotech startup that begin uh, from their own research. Then everyone else limited the professor's definite attitude. It's easy for uh, libra- librarians to claim that heavy regulations holds biotech back and it does but the indefinite optimism may pose an even greater challenge for future of biotech. Thank you.